Let us turn in God's Word to Hebrews chapter 9. Our text, I should have put it a little bit differently in the bulletin. Our text is verses 23 through 28 of Hebrews 9 as we consider the ascension of our Savior into heaven, but we particularly want to lead into that beginning reading at verse 11 of chapter 9, and we'll read through the fourth verse of chapter 10 so that we get the context and we get what God is talking about here. So let us hear together the word of Almighty God from Hebrews chapter 9, beginning reading at verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by the means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal, eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without, re- without shedding of blood there is no remission. Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. Then he would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself." And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. 
Thus far, the reading of God's word, may he add his blessing to our consideration of it this evening. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we look at Ascension Day, we see the comparison between Ascension Day and the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. That year by year, the high priest would enter the most holy place with the blood of another, with the blood of bulls and goats, of calves. And brothers and sisters, the picture that we have laid out in front of us as we consider Ascension Day is that Jesus has brought his sacrifice into the most holy place of God, into the throne room of God, and it has been accepted. And of course, we know that Christ has been given then the place, the name which is above every name. He has been given a place at the right hand of God the Father, a place of honor because of his sacrifice, because of the salvation which he has purchased for us. And so as we celebrate Ascension Day, we are reminded that Christ's singular sacrifice is presented for believers in his ascension. Christ's singular sacrifice has been presented for believers in his ascension into heaven. In verses 23 through 25, we see that Christ's ascent finishes his sacrifice. This is the last step. And Christ's ascension also then anticipates his return, which will come at the end of the ages. So first of all, Christ's ascent finishes his sacrifice. Christ purifies heavenly things with his blood. The copies were cleansed with the blood of bulls and goats. We read in Hebrews 8 verse 5 that they serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. What was that pattern? It was heaven. And so Moses was to build the tabernacle after that pattern. But Christ provides the better the final sacrifice. The Old Testament offerings did not make people perfect. Verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 1, For the law, having a shadow of the things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. The Old Testament sacrifices were sacraments. We need to understand that. They were not what cleansed the Israelites from their sins. Christ is he who cleansed them. And those who approach, on the other hand, in Christ, are made perfect. I love that. Hebrews 7.19, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. We are made perfect in Christ, we have access into that throne room of God because of what Christ has done for us. If we read in chapter 12 of Hebrews, we are told that we have not been brought to a mountain that burns with fire, but we have brought, been brought into the presence of God. 
I'm try, trying to find it exactly. For you have not come, verse 18 of chapter 12, to the mountain that may be, they may be touched and that burned with fire into the blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded and if so much as a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned or shot through with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Okay, that's the Old Testament. That's the lesser. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn. Who is that? Christ who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. By the way, that's those who have gone before. So if we're talking about people who have died, where is the best place to be in church? Because we're meeting with those people who are just people made perfect, made perfect by Christ, of course. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. We come to the church of the firstborn. We come to Christ. We come to heaven. And brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament, it was a fearful and a terrible thing. And we ought to have a consciousness of that fact when we come together for worship. But brothers and sisters, we can approach because of what Christ has done for us. And the former things are copies of the true. Christ's physical body entered into heaven at his ascension. And he there appears in the presence of God for us. We read in Romans 8 verse 34, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. In 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, that we have a mediator with God, Jesus Christ, in God's presence. And that singular sacrifice of Christ, which is offered, which is brought into the presence of God in the ascension, saves sinners. Christ was not offered often as the Old Testament high priest offered the sacrifices as we've said, with the blood of another. Verse nine of Hebrews, or verse seven of Hebrews nine. But into the second part, the high priest went only once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Christ enters the true holy of holies, the presence of God, once bringing His own blood on our behalf. Therefore, brethren. Verse 19 of chapter 10, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we can enter into heaven in worship, as we read from Hebrews 12. We can enter into heaven at the end of our lives as the souls of just men made perfect because of what Jesus has done. Verse 1 of chapter 10 says, that he is able to cleanse to the uttermost, perfectly make us perfect. And Christ's ascension then anticipates his return. 
and our sins are put away. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. If Christ's sacrifice were like that of the Old Testament sacrifices, or perhaps other churches teach, he would have had to been offered often. But his sacrifice was perfect. His sacrifice was singular on our behalf, making those who approach perfect. Chapter 7, verse 27 of Hebrews, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins, then for the people's. For he did this once for all when he offered up himself. He has put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just think of that. How much we fail, how much we sin. And yet God says he has put away sin. It's done. It's over with. That doesn't mean, as Paul says, writing to the Romans, we continue in sin that grace may abound. But we do not need to fear because of our sins. Rather, we desire to live in thanksgiving. And the judgment is overcome for believers. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to die if Christ tarries, right? It's not something we want to think about. But it's part of the experience which we have as human beings. We need to be prepared for it. If we read, going back all the way to the curse in Genesis 3.19, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Notice, we're going to work, we're going to sweat, and then we're going to die. But brothers and sisters, that's not something we have to fear. It's okay. In fact, it is good to die. Paul says, writing to the Philippians, that it is um, to live as Christ and to die as gain. For it is to go to be with Christ, which is far better. And so, as the Heidelberg Catechism rightly says, death for the Christian is not a punishment for sin, but it is a dying to sin and an entering into eternal life. As we read in chapter 12 there, to become one of those souls of just and made perfect. Not because we're just in ourselves, not because we're holy, but because of what Christ has done. And so man fears death because what? It is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. Every one of us knows that there's that day of judgment. And so we have a built-in fear of God judging us because we know that God is a just judge. And I'm going to have to measure up. And I don't. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I'm just going to have to be good enough for God. Well, that's not hope. The hope is Christ is good enough. I'm not. 
2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, good or bad. Christ has paid that justice in full for believers. So, we're going to stand before that judgment seat of God. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Christ has paid that justice of God in full. The blood of bulls and goats could never bear it, but Christ did. Going back to Hebrews 2 verse 17, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He has paid our debt. Reading in Isaiah 53, verse 12, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Again, go back to what we said at the beginning. What we said as we looked at the law of God from Romans 13 this evening. He was numbered with the transgressors. We have the realization that we are saved by grace. That we are paid, that our debt is paid in full. We are not good enough. We are not righteous enough. And therefore, because Christ's sacrifice has been brought into the Holy of Holies, we read in Acts 1 verse 11, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up into he- from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. We can anticipate the new heavens and the new earth robed in Christ's righteousness. Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. We are clothed in Christ's righteousness. And so as we consider our Savior's ascension into heaven, we are reminded that his ascension into heaven is part of the great complex of our salvation. It is, from many perspectives, the culmination of that fact. Christ's sacrifice has been accepted. Christ has been seated at God's right hand. He has been given the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And so, brothers and sisters, We anticipate Christ's return because he has paid our debt in full. There is nothing more that we need to um, provide somehow to save ourselves because Christ has been accepted. And we rejoice in that fact on this day, on Ascension Day. Amen. Let us then bow our heads and our hearts before God's throne of grace in prayer. And we'll close this prayer together with the Lord's Prayer. Shall we pray? Almighty, most gracious, heavenly Father, 
We thank you for your grace, for your undeserved favor to sinners. To those who fail and fall far short of the glory which you deserve. To those who do not love our neighbor as ourself, nor do we love you as we ought. We confess those sins before your throne of grace because Christ paid the penalty for transgressors. That we do not need to hide from our sin. That we don't need to to, um, make it sound good. That we confess our failures. And we thank you, as the Apostle James says, we can confess our sins one to another. Because Christ has paid in full. We do not need to look. We do not need to put on that front saying, look, I'm good, I'm okay. Rather, we can fall apart at the base of the cross knowing that Christ has paid in full our failures, our sins. We pray, Lord, that we would glorify him, honor him, knowing that he is seated at your right hand in heaven and has been given that name which is above every name. And so, Lord, we pray that we would glorify you, that we would honor you in our lives, in our worship. We pray this all in Jesus' name, praying as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.